Hi, welcome to Get Wood. I'm Jess Wood, and I recently stayed in a Motel 6, and the, uh, the, the line for it is, uh, we'll leave the light on. It's Tom Baudet, Motel 6, we'll leave the light on. Tom, turn off the light. It's inviting too many methers. Hey, you guys ready for a show? Hell yeah. You want to sing along a little bit? Why not? It's a fun little song. Let's just sing it. Bam! And you, <laughs> I scare you? And you say, God damn. This is a dope jam. I'm broad. I'm broad. I'm broader than Broadway. Yes, I'm broad. What up, Jay? Said I'm broad. Said I'm broader than Broadway, and I'm diddling, diddling, diddling. Diddling myself, and it feels so good. Your sauce will make sours. I'm gonna make a good goulash, baby. Am I drunk? D <laughs> hey, what time is it? It's time for Get Wood with Jess Wood. And hi again, I'm Jess, your host, and yeah and yeah uh hello everyone and welcome to another thing to do uh in your week that's your favorite i think it's your favorite i think it's one of your favorite things to do i am not lying when i say it's one of my favorite things to do and i'm so glad that y'all showed up to do it with me Ow. uh ha -ha. all right so first off let's just talk about hey jay hey another jay 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 uh let us just take a breath and whoop whoop and let's talk about last week first of all shall we shall we talk shall we mention the crystal ball earrings uh, i helped design these last week in arizona and the woman who made them i said come on let's make some balls and she's like put those balls next to your face how about the balls how do they look next to my chin and so so on and so forth as you will a lot of people think, oh, women don't have this, uh, the same uh, sense of humor as men. Women aren't as dirty as men. We are disgusting. So let us be, okay? Let us be, let us be, and let us pee standing up. What? Chick fly. Check it out. All right. So I had quite an adventure this week. Last we spoke, I was in a stranger's kitchen in Phoenix, Arizona, which I like to call the Simi Valley of the Southwest. It was really not my favorite. Now look, it, it had a lot of smoke involved and there was a lot of fires burning around the cities and states nearby. So it was a little shitty in the air quality. Plus it's down in a basin, reminded me of Los Angeles, which I gotta say, I love LA as my little hometown, but it's all the memories of LA that I love, uh, not what's happening now. Poor LA, shout out to LA. My, uh, 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 uh. All right. So I was in a stranger's kitchen and I decided to stay one more day in that kitchen. Actually in the pool, they had a pool key. Ooh. And I really felt my old Jewishness coming full, full force. I, I was very uh, taking in my ancestry, my Jewish uh, ladies and gentlemen who only will sit by a pool in a desert area and just schwitz. That's sweat for those of you who don't speak Yiddish. The schwitzing by the pool is almost like, a, it's almost like I was taken to the senior level this, this last week. <laughs> if you'd like to retire soon, Jess, we're ready for you at the place because all I, I was like, I'm going to the pool. Like anytime there was a moment that I had just to just take a moment, I was like, I'll be at the pool. Anyone needs me, direct my calls to the pool. And uh, I told my auntie, Vicky, I said, Auntie, I am now in your uh, generation. 
I have now chitzed by the pool all day. And then I would come in and I'd have a, have a nosh, another Yiddish word for snack. <laughs> Could you imagine if we said like, look at that girl, she a nosh. I would actually like that. Can we start using that? I'd like to be a nosh instead of a snack. Baby, I'm a full meal. <laughs> come to this, come to this table, hungry. Uh, I love schwitzing by the pool. And, um, <laughs> yes, you know, Miss, Miss Thang, you know. Uh, so I did some pool schwitzing. I embraced my ancestry. I didn't bring the phone. I was a serious senior out there. I was like, who am I? Who am I? A doctor? Someone's going to call me with an emergency? I forget about it. I'm in Phoenix. I'm kind of retired at this moment. So I just let myself stay for another day. Interestingly enough, you don't get freaked out, or at least I didn't. I've realized when I was traveling and like I had to get in the car again and go and where am I going next and you know have my little plans going on, I didn't think about the stressful stuff that that as soon as I got home I started to think about like what are you doing with your life? Well, of course, because if I have to go uh, fill up on gas again and then drive two hours up a mountain to a ghost town, I have a plan. So I don't have to be on the phone scrolling. Oh, a plan is so nice. And then I think to myself, baby girl, if you are a Buddhist, like you say, or practicing, you don't ever really call yourself a Buddhist because fucking hey, that's a lot. That's, that's a whole other situation. But practicing being mindful, being compassionate, being right, fucking rah, you know, Buddha, Buddha doesn't care that you do the, the flip offs. He does, Buddha loved the bird. <clears throat> so I have been practicing being in that mind state here now at home going like, well, what do you, what, what would you like to do? What would be great to do? What, what would be good, fun to do instead of like, what should you do? You know how much pressure we put on ourselves constantly? You do. You're my people, my pressure people. Too much pressure. <laughs> Anybody? The specials? It's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of reference years back. Anyways, so I did pack my stuff up after Schwitzen at the pool. I packed up and I drove the next day to Jerome, Arizona. Now, for those of you who don't know uh, what Jerome is, where's my microphone? Oh my God. I've been using this. I've been doing this. No wonder it looks so low on the levels. <laughs> Woman. Let me tell you something, you guys. It has been such a weird week, and I think it's okay. You forgive me. You don't mind. I'm a I'm a real person. When you forget to grab your microphone, that's set up right next to you. It's set, it plugged in, set up. Anyway, let's continue on. So, I am I drive up a couple hours from Phoenix to a place called Jerome, Arizona, and it's a ghost town. Now, when I tell you that I've been going to this fakakta. Again, another Yiddish word, meaning kind of fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I've been going to this Fakakta town since I was a little kid. And when I was a little kid and Bryce and Carol, well, Bryce is my maybe daddy and Carol is his uh, wife. And no, the names haven't been changed to protect because they're not innocent. Okay, so fuck everybody. I mean, not you guys, but you know what I mean. Get your... Anyway, so I'm driving up to Jerome, ghost town. I've been going there since little kid time. The first time I went there, I met the mayor of the town. And you think to yourself, oh my God, the Jerome mayor? What, what's he like? It's an old mining town, and that's why it's a ghost town, because it was kind of like, 
fucked up and nobody was there. And then a bunch of hippies came and were like, yeah, this place is killer. And they started to plant stuff and build little houses or fix up the houses that were already on the hill. Because it's it's a town that's northern tip of Arizona. Just the tip. I can't help that. You know, when I say certain words, I can't help but say other words around them. Northern tip of Arizona between Prescott and Cottonwood, if any of that means anything to you, uh, built all on the side of a mountain. So it's on it's four tiers of a mountain and it's and then the 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 um, houses. And so there's one main street. There's no grocery. There's no gas station. Nothing like that. We are talking for real, for real under 5,000 people that live there for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh my God, you guys, like for sure. So here I, here I am, rock me like a hurricane and I, and I am driving up and now listen, I don't know if you've been watching this for a while or if you know me or if you don't care or whatever, but listen to this. I am completely virgin this is the only this is the only thing I'm a virgin at driving by myself so as I told you last week I was so wildly delirious driving by myself that I started to do 99 bottles of beer on the wall now listen you can go back and watch that episode from last week it was a lot of fun uh sad cow happy snake sounds like a haiku uh so anyhow I Jerome Arizona the first time I met the mayor I was about eight years old and he had a full beard, long hair. As soon as he walked away from us, I looked over at Bryce and I said, hey, who elected him? The cast from hair? I've been funny for a really long time, you guys. It's because I've been jaded and angry. You know, eight years old, I'd already seen it all. I already knew what transvestites were because I Rocky Horror Picture Show was my favorite movie ever. Uh, I knew about police brutality towards black men because Richard Pryor was also my favorite ever. I knew about cocaine because my family friends would come over and snort it. (laughs) So Jerome, Arizona has a lot of history for me. And when people would ask me, do you like going to Jerome, Jessica? And I'd say, no, I don't. And they'd say, why? Why not? It's such a beautiful town. Well, when you're a teenager who hates everything, you're definitely going to hate the most a mountain town filled with fucking hippies. So people would say, why do you hate Jerome so much, Jessica? And I'd say, I'll tell you. Kids there, because I was a kid, and they're kids, and I knew what the kids were doing. The kids in Jerome, they're hooked on cigarettes by 13, and they're fucking someone's dad by 16. And I'm not exaggerating. You know when I say that to people in a crowd of uh, people in Jerome? Boy, do they laugh. Oh, do they have a good laugh. Because it's funny, because it's true. So there's a lot of weirdness up there. In order to leave the town, sometimes when I was taken there as a a child, I would hitchhike down the mountain. Plenty of times almost died. Yeah, in a stranger's car. So, you know, it's that. Jesus. So the ghosts are clogging me up. So now this Jerome, Arizona has embraced the idea of being a ghost town. Since I've been there, now I haven't been there in 20 years, okay? Because I get along with uh, my family. So I hadn't been there in 20 years and it, it looked the same, but it had a lot more ghost appeal. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Big ghost energy. Yeah, that BGE. And it, it, there were skeletons everywhere. 
places I didn't remember there would be skeletons. Ah, isn't that another skeleton? There were bars uh, that said, come in and get sheet-faced. Yeah, I stopped for a second. Sheet-faced, as in ghost with a sheet with the eyes cut out. That's not even a real ghost. Okay, so they're really leaning into this whole ghost theme up in Jerome. But I imagine it's because it's making them some dough. They got money coming out the hoo-wahs. Because why? Because motherfucking tourists, these big fat whiteies will come up there and be like, Oh my God, it's an old ghost. And look at that skeleton. There's another skeleton. <laughs> so, I will tell you, very much had changed in the way of leaning into the ghost town thing, but not at all had changed in terms of who was there and the kids that I knew from when I was when I was a kid and visited there. Uh, when I when I was a very very into my punk rock time, I was in Jerome and I had become uh, girlfriends with a boy who lived in Cottonwood down at the bottom of the mountain, and I gave him a punk rock haircut, like I shaved it and I I made steps. Anybody remember steps for the hairdo? Come on. And I gave him steps. I pierced his ear, like all kinds of shit that you just did not do in Arizona. And because I'm not lying to you when I say that the kids that were our age, like teenagers and stuff, they had straw hanging out of their mouth and overalls on. I'm not lying to you. This is not an exaggeration. It's not a cartoonish situation. It is the factual facts. So I punk rocked this boy out and then I was fully fucking punk rocked out like I had all kinds of different colored hair it was dreaded in certain areas I remember the day that we went to I went to help him register for high school because high school in it was called Mingus High and it was uh it's the only high school for miles in this part of Arizona and kids would get you know they'd get bussed there or their or their parents would drive them or whatever so he and I go to Mingus High School to register him he's he's got to go register for his classes or whatever so we walk in he's got the black jet black hair with the steps and the shaved and the pierced ear and i think we even put guy liner on him i'm pretty sure because i like a man in guy liner i <laughs> i like a fluid person so i uh, so the guy liner the steps i've got all kinds of different colors it's insane so we go into this high school we do not last 10 fucking minutes in the hallway because what has happened is there is a giant circle of all I can say redneck hick ch ch children of the corn surrounding us and like oh my god and you know pulling like a hair and flicking an ear and all kinds of horrible shit all of a sudden we feel I mean it's like it's it's they could still hit you <laughs> In the 80s, they could still hit you. So <clears throat> we were grabbed by the back of the necks, pulled and hauled into the principal's office and told that uh, my friend, my boyfriend was told he'll, he won't be able to register for school because, uh, quote, we don't take your kind here. Oh, my God. What is this, deliverance? And I was kind of laughing because I was... Uh, you know, an asshole kid. And he, the principal looks at me and he goes, you especially would never, ever be able to enroll in this school. And I looked at him and I go, I don't want to enroll in your fucking school. <laughs> so we were escorted off campus and uh, my boyfriend was told he's not allowed to come back and I was banned for life, which, you know, who cares? Mingus High, what do I have to do there? I'm not going to prom. I don't live in this area of Arizona. I don't even live in Arizona. Fuck Arizona, right? So I, I mean, God bless you if you 
no, don't. Everybody calm down. <laughs> we get escorted off campus of Mingus High School. Do you understand that you cannot tell a child that they can't register for high school because of the way they look? This fucking place. So my friend immediately has to go home and his parents also hate the way he looked, P.S., and hated me. So it was a punk rock rebellion. We'd also gotten egged when we walked through Cottonwood a couple times. Egged. Yeah. I know. Kids are fun. Uh, I would actually prefer that the children of today would be outside getting egged and bullied in real life because then it would be like, ah, fuck you guys. And then you go with your friend. Now online, you can't escape it. <laughs> Poor babies. Anyhow, get up to Jerome. I, 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 excuse me. We don't, we don't, uh, red, we don't get to register. He takes out a full on piece in the paper, the local paper. The uh, politicians are involved. They take a photograph of, of the, of him and like a couple other girls that I had, I did their hair. So punk rockers. And it said, you know, children not allowed to be at the school. And so they had to take them. They had to let them register because you can't, you can't discriminate America. <laughs> you dicks it's all they do though that's like what we're known for hey welcome to america fuck you like where do you belong where are we gonna put you you know what i mean so it's a drag that's a drag man it's a fucking drag you know what else is a drag is going up to jerome and meeting people around the town and uh and getting and getting some real truth bombs hurled at you uh, I'll, I'll let you, I'll tell you right now. So there's a, there's a girl in Jerome who I adore, uh, who grew up there, but also lived around the world. So she's actually <laughs> well-traveled and delightful. I mean, not that the people in Jerome aren't delightful, but they're, they're delightful on a, on a hill. Do you know what I mean? They're delightful for the hill people, the hill people. They're not Appalachians. They're hippies that went to this place in Northern Arizona ghost town to settle in the 80s they had a high times the uh, weed magazine high times had the cover said whole town busted for pot and it was the jerome arizona postcard apparently that mayor was into the grow so uh the mayor the police chief everybody was in on it but that was a long time ago <laughs> now i'm here presently and i get to reconnect with a couple of friends that i knew from when i was little and had to go visit there one of these friends is named Rainbow. Of course her fucking name is Rainbow. It's a hippie town. I know a Rainbow. I know a Grayer. Grayer. That's G-R-A-I-R. Do you know why it's G-R-A-I-R? Because his fucking parents are hippies and they named him after, get this, ready? Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane. So don't call him Greer. It's not Greer. It's Grayer. You fucking hippies. So I got to see Grayer and Rainbow and Sage. You can't make this shit up. And um, and Rainbow and I were walking around and we we're going over to her pad smoke bowl. And yeah, whatever smoke bowl. And we, uh, we passed one of her neighbors, older gal around Carol's age, my, my uh, you know, maybe daddy's wife. And apparently very good friends with her. So uh, the... Uh, the lady that we're passing, Rayma goes, hey, Margie. Her name's Margie. You would think that they were in the Midwest. Uh, she says, hey, Margie, what's going on? And Margie goes, oh, hi, Rainbow. I'm just making her a Midwestern because, you know, Margie, oh, gosh. I can't believe it. Hey, Rainbow, how's it going? So she said, so Rainbow goes, great. This is Jessica. You know, Bryce and Carol, Jessica. And the lady's like, huh? And Rainbow says, 
Jessica. Bryce's daughter, Jessica. And the lady, without missing a beat, Margie goes, oh, I didn't know Bryce had any children. Exactly. That kind of just sums up my whole feeling of my childhood was like, I kind of just knew this guy and he lived with this lady and they were all right. They put food out on the table and it was fine. But God damn, I didn't know Bryce had any children. When you hear someone say that about the person that it, you're thinking might be your dad and you lived with them for quite some time as a child. And yes, it was tumultuous. And yes, it was abusive and all that shit. But still, you knew the guy. You lived with the guy. You got the guy's last name. And the lady says, oh, I didn't know he had any children. All right. So that's one down. Okay, Margie, thanks. We'll mark that in the book. We'll put that in the notebook for the show. We'll tell the kids. Maybe you don't know me this well. Uh, this well, now you know me more, better, more better, more better blues. And so then the day goes on, the night goes on, how you do. And uh, I see my cousin. I forgot my little cousin lives over there. And she has a couple of kids. She's got a couple of kids from a couple of guys in Jerome. Oh, she's taken to the, she's really taken to the town, I tell you. She drinks and she's got a couple dudes, babies. So you know what? You're completely ingrained into Jerome and the lifestyle. God bless. I get to see her. She's a delight. She loves me so much. It's almost like I, I don't know how to, you know, you guys, I can deal with you pretending like you don't have me as your child. And I can deal with you pretending like you don't have me as your girlfriend. I shouldn't know how to deal with these things. And I'm practicing getting used to getting the praise and the loveliness. So she had a lot of great things to say and really sweet. But she also brought up a story in front of everyone that we were hanging out. We were hanging out with Rainbow and Sage and a couple of the other folks from the old Jerome, uh, mountain and she says uh jessica you remember when um we were at like i don't know a fucking thanksgiving i don't know i'm never really around so she was she had to detail where i was at she said i think it was a thanksgiving and she said and my mom my auntie maybe auntie she had brought up the fact that you uh, she said hey jessica remember when you used to panhandle for your dad uh excuse me I'm like, what? And I said, oh, you mean, okay, you mean when Bryce used to play guitar in West Hollywood and I would pass the hat at like four or five years old. So yes, I understand what the story is, but no, I didn't enjoy it. I am getting hit with every fucking childhood trauma we didn't know he had any kids oh the kid that panhandled for him sure that kid oh was that his daughter is that a connection so i just had to continue on my adventure here and i i i continued on visiting with with rainbow she's a lovely girl and we had we've known each other for a very long time going back to teenage years when we brought her to a grateful dead show in tempe arizona where she didn't have a ride home back to jerome but we thought well we could probably find her a ride it's a dead show of course there's a deadhead from jerome at the show so we just stood at the we we brought her down there we took a bunch of acid we stood at the at the exit of the parking lot when the show was over and we waved jerome jerome anybody jerome and everybody was said who 
Uh, and then she reminded me this last trip. She reminded me, Hey, you know, you even said we, uh, we gotta go girl. You better find a ride. I was like, Oh, how nice. She was 14. And she was like, I was 14. And you were like, you better find a ride home. <laughs> oh, nice friend. We did find her a ride home, but, but we didn't find it. Some lady yelled out from a car, a couple few cars down in the, in the lot and, rainbow is that you and it was a friend of a family or something like that so she got to go with the people so it was lovely this is lovely so we didn't have to worry about a 14 leaving uh, abandoning a 14 year old at a uh fairground in tempe arizona so that felt good she's a she's a wonderful girl and she's uh she's just quite uh lovely and she came with me to the house for dinner when i told bryce and carol i was going to be staying over in jerome they said, oh, well, you know, you could have stayed with us. I couldn't have. I, I really couldn't have. It's too uncomfortable. I don't know if you all have any of that kind of stuff with fam, but I got to say, I spent a little bit of money that I didn't really have to get a hotel room because I was like, I don't want to fuck, fuck with you guys. And where I stayed was the haunted hospital. Yeah, yeah. Haunted hospital in Jerome was on the highest tier, the fourth tier of the mountain. And when we were little, we would go into that fucking place and it was scary as shit. I mean, I, there, look, obviously it's already a ghost town. We don't need to go searching, but then we'd go into this fucking hospital. And I was like, is this a mental hospital? Was this a mental hospital? And a few people would say yes. And then a few people would say no, but I always believed it was a mental hospital. So now 20 years later, they have gentrified as everything else in this fucking horrible nation that we live in. God damn it. All right. I know I'm, I'm grateful that I can do this show and I have freedom of, you know, to talk, but not, I, if I talk about certain things, you better watch out. So, or not you, but me anyway. So, so, so the gentrification of this haunted hospital is now the Jerome Grand Hotel. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's all renovated, but they haven't taken things out they've left stuff in and they only have 29 rooms available to sleep but that shit housed hundreds of people so i'm wondering like what are they doing with all that space and is it off limits because it's off limits and i have a lot of questions about the haunted hospital on the hill they they were pretty good about telling the guests what was going on because they said, you know, you cannot get a room in here uh, for Halloween because somebody asked when I was downstairs, what's it like for Halloween here? And she said, well, we have rooms open on 2023 in 2023. That's how sought after this haunted hospital hotel is. So I was pretty jazzed to be there. Jazz, jazzy. What up, girl? And I was I was really psyched to be there, not only because I didn't have to go to the House of Horrors, which was not the haunted hotel, but the <laughs> family house. I was like, ah! that's where I would perish. You understand? I can handle ghosts and shit. Look at me, for Christ's sake. I got I got witchy shit all over me. These guys are saying hey to me. They're not fucking with me. They're like, hey, girl, hey. Uh, but the House of Horrors down the street, no, thank you. So I, I, 
I go to uh, dinner at the House of Horrors, though, and I invite Rainbow, and I'm really excited that she's going to come because she's like my buffer. Then my cousin is there also. Well, she's in the street, like in the road. There's no streets. It's dirt roads. It's gravel. It's pavement all crackly. Uh, scorpions, tarantulas. What's that? Havelena? The fucking boar. <laughs> the boar. <laughs> is that a good impression of the Havelena? And... And then this ghost town. So I, I, we see my cousin. We spot my cousin in the road. And she's kind of doing a little weave-weave. And we're like, Katie. And then she turns and she's like, hey. And she goes, I'm crashing the dinner. So I was psyched on that too because she was great. She had like, so, she had all the balls that I couldn't, the only balls I have right now are on my face. So she had all the balls. And we, so the three of us gals go to the house and we go to, <laughs> thank you, Jazz. And we go to the uh, Bryce and Carol's house. And immediately, it's it is it's the house of horrors because immediately it's like, Arr! and the only animal that lives there is their dog, and it immediately fucking jets out the door like, get me out of here! Like it is running for its goddamn life. And me and the girls are like, hmm, uh, should we enter? <laughs> Seems dangerous. And so we. <laughs> So we go in and we're hanging out and I'm so grateful that the girls are there with me because my cousin is like, yeah, and she's kind of like talking enough that I don't really have to be talking to the other people, to the Bryce and Carol people. And then Bryce pulls me over. He's like, hey, I, I have a plan for us. And then I ask Carol, I go, what's the plan, do you think? And he go, and she says, oh, I hope he's moving. There's a lot of love in that house. So he says, no, I have a plan. And he sits me down and he says, this is a, a manuscript. And he's showing me a, a manuscript that his brother wrote. I, I haven't seen my uncle since I'm seven. So he goes, uh, yeah, your, your, your uncle uh, wrote this. And he takes a really long time to talk. Do you ever have that where you're like, and it's not even like a, a stutter so that I could finish the, the word or the sentence, but he just, and this manuscript ah, so i am getting tortured as i as i sit with him and he does a thing that really reminded me of trading places with eddie murphy where he points at the manuscript and he goes it's a novel and then he points at the manuscript and it says a novel so like trading places where the rich guys invite Eddie Murphy to come and work for them and they go, it, bacon, it's pork, like bacon, like in a bacon, lettuce and tomato sandwich. And then Eddie Murphy goes to the camera. That's what I did to no one. I was like, it's a novel. <sighs> so uh, he tells me about some novel and he's like, you have the, and guess what? You have the, the script rights. You have the screen rights to it. I'm like, fool, I don't know if I, your brother, what are you even talking about? I haven't been here in 20 years. Are you out of your fucking mind? And you know what he is? Very competitive, man. When you have a competitive caretake, caretaker, when you have a competitive parent, it makes for a very fucked up life. Because guess what? I have been doing this comedy thing for decades, okay? A couple decades now. And I have to tell you, when you're being competed with at home, for artistic stuff, uh, you know, I remember Bryce sending me like a, a, a twenty pages of a of a um, memoir that he was working on, and it was 
way into how, my life, like the years that he was using, and yet no mention of the child. <laughs> so raised by narcissistic, competitive people, it turns you, I think, one of two ways. I think either you also get narcissistic and competitive and you go into the world like, I'll fucking take everything I can and fuck everybody and move away, move it along and I'm going to climb right over you. Or the latter, what I believe happened with me was, oh dear, I don't want to make any way. They won't like me. I'm going to try to get some love from the people that are in my business. Very bad idea. Very bad idea. I don't care what business you're in, but I was like such a damaged little kid that I was, I went into comedy like, well, maybe if I make some people laugh, they will really like me. And it's like, honey buns. Oh, my sweet, innocent boo-boo head. Look at, I'd already smoked PCP, been shot, hung out with gangs on my own since 15. And yet when I entered into the comedy, comedy world, I was like, I hope everybody likes me. And that is not the way that we do these things. It's you, so, and when people would get competitive with me, I just kind of let them go, go ahead. You go ahead. It's okay. I want you to be my friend or maybe even like my mom. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. So, this is not for me to beat myself up about this this situation. This is for me to learn. This is for me to understand. Thank you for saying it's relatable, Jazz, because I just feel like if I'm going through it, I'm going to talk to you all about it. And I feel like when we hear someone else struggling with things, especially stuff from childhood that's still hanging on, even through therapeutic processes, uh, Jungian practice, you know, all the meditation, all the shit that we, they, oh, that'll help. That'll help. It's fucking hard. So I was really hit over the head this week with a lot of underst like clarity of why I've done the things that I've done all this time and how I've kept myself small because I was afraid if I made myself big that people would be mad at me. And that's not right. We have to be as big as we can be. We have to embrace who we are because no one else is going to. And that's the thing that I didn't understand. Watching people, while I was growing up, watching people who didn't have a good sense of self, who didn't have good self-esteem, who were addicts and uh, abusive and getting abused, it was so confusing because then you think, well, that's the route that, that I take, right, as a grown-up. And then that route, as you work on yourself, hopefully you look a little bit at, at who you are, it's just not it's not the route for you. And breaking generational curses, breaking ancestral uh, patterns, I mean, that shit is huge. And I think... We need to be more, be gentler on ourselves while we're going through it. Because I know for me, it really was a lot of stuff to take, but I stayed clear for it. I stayed present. I didn't get high. I didn't get drunk. And, and that's okay if, if that's what you need to cope at the moment that you're dealing with this heavy shit. But for me, I'd always coped that way before. And now to be so present and clear for the really hard shit that happened as a child and continually 
happens now? Oh my God, I heard my stepmother yell at the dog and I freaked out because I never got yelled at except by her. And I didn't even li live with her full time, but it was enough. Shut up! And it was like, ah! <laughs> oh my God, it was so much. I was like, oh fuck, that's the voice I hear a lot of the time, you know? And, and when you're, when you're, abandoned or abused or both or all. I mean, when I went to my therapist in New York, she, after I gave her my spiel, she looked at me and she goes, wow, you really have a garden variety of trauma. And I said, is that good? <laughs> it's good in the sense that you can learn a lot from it if you are willing to go through the shit, right? Because most of us grow up with a very challenging situation. Whether or not we take that and we use it to our advantage or we learn from it or we break the patterns of the past, it's up to us. But it's, I, it's not something that everyone can do. And I am so grateful that A, I get to still be here. I thought I'd be dead decades ago. Uh, and also that I'm able to talk to you all about it because every time I get to do this show, there's no shit. You know, I'm always honest with you. Every time I get to sit down or stand up and do this show for you with you, uh, it makes me feel really, really, really blessed. So I just want to thank you for your feedback, for your support, for your love, I want to give a big, I got a, I got a split, but I, I'm going a little over, but I really am enjoying chatting with you always. And I hope that, uh, I hope that some of this made sense to you and, and you can absorb it and go on your day or your week and apply maybe some of the stuff and just apply being gentle to yourself, really. Take a couple breaths before you have to do something scary, like make a phone call or an email or something like that. Just take a, take a second and, and, and give yourself a moment and just have a couple breaths and just know that it's okay. Whatever happens is okay. Everybody out there is having a hard time, just like us. Everyone's embarrassed, awkward, all the shit. So just know that the more you take it easy on yourself, the more you'll be able to join the world and be um, in the in the in these moments that really do matter. And and when they pass, they're really gone forever. So, yeah, I sound a little like a hippie, but I I do mean it. Oh, thanks, bits, blessings, all the blessings. I just really feel lucky that I get to do this, and I. I appreciate you guys and I appreciate you gals and I appreciate they, them, there, all of y'all. And I'm so excited to uh, say that um, it was my best friend's birthday, uh, Juliet. Big, big birthday love. Shout out to my all my cancers out there. I adore you. You're, you're sensitive and sweet, but you ain't fucking with nobody with those pinchers. Yeah, you'll pinch a bitch. Pinch a bitch. And um, I haven't even gotten to all my notes today, but I think that's enough for the day. I think I think 40 minutes instead of 30 minutes is a delight. And I really uh, just want to say again, thank you for letting me always be myself. Thank you for accepting me for who I am. And uh, yeah, that's it's 
this is it. People often think, you know, oh, success. I have to be successful at things. You know, America's really fucked us up or the world has really fucked us up in that sense of success. You know what success is to me, kids? Being able to speak your truth, being able to be yourself and being able to connect with folks that are like-minded and perhaps make a change in some thinking and some, because uh, I don't want us to go back into the world and be shitty to our, our, each other again. You know, I'd like us to all be really kind to one another and, and loving. I feel like all this uh, isolation has really made me very grateful to uh, share time and energy and space with folks. So I look forward to seeing you again next week. See you next Tuesday. And, um, remember just be gentle you know you're doing the best you can we're still in a pandemic if you're in los angeles i feel i feel for you my loves that fucking mask mandate and the quarantine again oh and uh i haven't mentioned the vaccine since i've done this but it's because i was raised hippie and i wasn't ever given a shot ever 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 in my life like ever i've never had a tetanus i've never had a measles mumps rubella none of that shit because my mom was um crazy and so i was a little freaked for the first bunch of months and I would just wear my mask everywhere and just be respectful of everyone and kind of not go to crowded places and stuff like that and now I um I'm rebelling this trip really helped me feel like I need to be my own person and I need to rebel against these fucking hippies that raised me and part of that rebellion means taking really good care of myself (laughs) striving for (laughs) health and wealth and also keeping people uh around who are loving and and lovely and uh and part of that rebellion is me getting the shot and i only can think of pulp fiction give it a shot give it a shot Oh, give it a shot, man. Uh, wrong number, wrong number. <laughs> you know, are you calling from a cellular phone? Wrong number, wrong number. Don't bring an OD over here, man. Don't bring an OD over here. Oh, my God. That movie, anybody? I see a heart or two. Heart or two. Uh, rewatch it. It's such a good time. Also, Trading Places. Now, those are two movies that I've mentioned in this show today. Trading Places and Pulp Fiction. Hey, girl, hey. Oh, and a shout out to Josie. Uh, belated birthday shout out. Hey, girl, hi. And um, girl, I'm ending the show. The show's over. But it was a great time. We had a fabulous time. Uh, we talked about childhood shit. We talked about uh, getting in the pool. We talked about Yiddish. We did Yiddish. We spoke Yiddish. It's very exciting. Very good time. So, hey, you want to help a gal out? This show's free. I know you enjoyed it. You told me you did. I also really think that uh, some of your friends would enjoy it. How about you share it for me? I'm not asking for any dough unless you're feeling frisky. Then you can go down into my PayPal, my Venmo, my Cash Apps. I got it all listed on the show notes. But listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I just would love it if you shared it because a girl knows that really the best uh, promotion is other people promoting you. And I think that's delicious. One of my favorite bands got very big that way. Who? Sublime. You know. Okay, so Gwen Stefani, sure, she helped a little bit. But then everybody, I remember, hey, have you heard Sublime? Did you hear Sublime? Have you heard Sublime? And it was word of mouth that really got them. I mean, I won't, I promise not to die like Bradley. Okay? Okay.
Thanks. Ending on a morbid note, it was all good till then. Hey, I love you guys so much, and I really mean it. I'm very grateful for you, and I hope you enjoy your week, and I hope you do all the things that make you scared, and I hope you do all the things that make you feel really good, okay? And uh, I'll see you next time. And you can always write to me at jessisratchet at gmail.com. It's an old email, okay? Judgers. I love you. I'll see you next Tuesday. Okay, something just rumbled under my foot. It's probably the spirits. Guys, don't freak out. (laughs) I love you. Bye. (laughs) Yes, I know.